0: Find out the colors of you I see them too And boy, I like them I like them. I like we wait to fly to partake in all this hey We are here vibing We vibing We vibing Alexa, play Ariana Grande Okay I to come with, me,
1: with Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today
2: Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but so check it out. I'm gonna put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was gonna be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeping but a dream. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible, you know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Blackers don't get fed. Huh? Yeah, Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the plow, looks back, the same makes fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the pictures five minutes, and you about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. Huh? If you died for me, I was still tripping. Now, how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep. huh? Some of y'all ain't sawin' nothing but your are trying tryin' to reach. Huh? But after him who's able to possess your father's by his glory, Struggle might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now, I'm 20 sisters prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. I know.
0: The fiery tribe of the
2: tribe, you You say why you, but you should sure say, What would Jesus do? Why are you asking if he ain't trying to do what he's saying? Huh? He told you he was gonna have tribulations, but you thought he was playing. Huh? One minute you tell her how good God is, and can't nobody bitches talk. The next minute, your fight so fast, look like you're moonwalking. Huh? Oh, yeah, I bitch it to myself, cause I ain't no better. It ain't like I've been following his every word, obeying it to the letter. So we told you, we gotta remember that. Regroup, stay on point, hey, yeah, bow down, confess. Let him annoy her It ain't easy as I thought it was i have been lying if I told you that But it's showing up getting better all the time Trust me, that's the best. Ain't never we going through it can't be handled God put that on this tongue Like they say, you can shout now if you want to Cause the battle's already won So while you're going through the valley, don't even show, You're gonna be on top Quiet, the hook line no more again That's time you don't stop I know we can make
0: it We can make Yeah, well, good day, everybody I want to stop it right there and say Welcome We always like to start the show with Praise Master G. You know, we believe with our big boy upstairs, they give us the the ability to be here on this one further and do what we do. So we like to give him his little little special shout-out when we start the show. But welcome and welcome again to Play A Play. Um, Let me bring in my esteemed colleague and we can get this thing going. Matthew, are you with us? Hello. Hello, Matthew. Okay, well, I guess he'll be joining us um, shortly. Um, let me see who we got here. I guess today, Doctor Brendan. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, and I don't want. Hey, to...
3: buddy, I'm here.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I was wondering if I was going you to be... meet
3: you. I just got. I just got a call from our guest He had the wrong number So he's going to call in in a second And
0: uh, you were just getting ready to mess up his last name I bet Now I'll have a chance <laughs> Oh, okay Well, well, that's fantastic You know, I'll let you mess it up Because I definitely don't want to <laughs> mess hold it down. up I don't <laughs> want to mess it up But uh, go ahead I'll let you mess it up
3: So is, let's check and see if Brendan's on the line here
0: Uh, Yeah, I am. Sorry about that. Oh, good. Brendan, we're (laughs) glad to
3: have you. Hi. I'm Uh, going to introduce you, you and and then Lamont and I are going to ask you a million questions, but let me introduce you first. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. We have today with us Brendan Gogrin, who holds a degree in molecular biology from the University of Connecticut. He also has an MBA from Bentley University. Brendan has spent 15 years in the healthcare field and was an executive for a major nutraceutical manufacturer before starting multiple companies of his own. The latest is LiverMedic, which you can find at livermedic.com. And he conducts health lectures to both physicians and the public. His research focuses primarily on gut health, liver health, Endocrine system, adrenal fatigue, and optimum diets. Brendan, we're glad to have you with us today, and our topic is the real culprit. Culpr- I can't talk. The real culprit behind disease in the United States. I am sure Lamont and I are really interested in that one because we want to know the real culprit behind everything. So thank you for joining and some business. of
0: us have some of us have gut issues.
1: <laughs> You're not alone.
0: <laughs>
1: thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. We're glad to have you. Um, Definitely.
3: Before we go, and I have a question: What is a nutraceutical manufacturer?
0: Yeah. That's
1: a, that's a good place to start. So, uh it's really a fancy term for a vitamin supplement company. So, this is sort of the the alternative, oh, cool. the natural alternative to the pharmaceutical industry, which is where I started okay. my
0: career. Oh, good. Well, good.
1: Well,
3: um you can start wherever you like, but I guess the real question is where what is the real culprit behind disease in the United States? Yeah,
1: that is definitely the leading question every time I go out and I talk to folks. And it's a, it's a rather large topic, um, so let's go ahead and dig right in. When we take a look at disease in the country, and we, we've noticed that there's a massive increase. Uh, this is uh, certainly not um, obscured um, in terms of uh, the information that your listeners already know. There is a massive increase in the amount of uh, cancers, Um, cardiac issues, uh, brain health issues, uh, organ issues in general. Um, So where where is this all coming from, where is it uh, driven, and so forth? Certainly the environmentalists are going to say that uh, a lot of it is environmental, and and I will agree with them on that. Um, But there are some sort of key drivers uh, because our bodies are um, constantly monitoring our health and trying to equilibrate um, our body chemistry. So let's uh, see if we can sort of draw a map and frame this out a little bit, um, where we were, where we are now, and what some of those key drivers are. Does that make okay. sense? Should we start yeah, that's there? Good. That's All right. Good. So say uh, about 100 years or so, because we're talking about gut health and gut health is really um, the focus uh, and the center of all of, uh, of these issues that we're talking about because that's the one part of us that is consistently interacting with our environment, trying to selectively pull in nutrients while at mm-hmm. the same time creating a barrier for making sure that toxins and parasites and other things that we don't want in our, in our system stay out, okay? okay? So that's sort of the, the basis for it. When we go back about a 100 years or so ago, Uh, an average individual was taking in about 11 to 12 uh, pounds of sugar uh, annual. Now uh, it's about 130, uh, and that's a conservative estimate. So that alone is going to change things. 130 pounds of sugar annually, okay? That's a massive shift. Then when we take a look at uh, the advent of antibiotics, and this is one that always ends up getting physicians. So in the last 20 or so years, the amount of antibiotics that an individual is taking in has doubled, and immediately I get hands uh, in the crowd when I give when I give this talk to physicians, and they said, "Well, that's not true. Uh, scripts have uh, gone down about five uh, to fifteen percent in the last twenty years." And I said, "Yes, it is not coming from scripts. It is coming from the, um, the the food chain. It's the beef. It's the uh-huh. chicken." It's the pork, it's those things. Because there's been a consolidation of mm-hmm. um, those types of uh, farms, cattle farms and, and so and chicken farms, uh, they've had to rely on uh, antibiotics to make sure that disease is not spread in the animal so that they can get that uh, animal to market. So it's the antibiotics from the food stream that we're all of a sudden getting in massive mm-hmm. doses in the last 20 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On top of that, now you have the advent of GMO foods, genetically modified organisms. And I know to a lot of listeners, this is a very controversial subject. I'm not going to mm-hmm. get into the genetics of it, the molecular genetics of it, because that sort of glasses the eye uh, As soon as I get into that, the eyes get like glassed over and I lose the entire audience. So, but what people need to keep in mind is that when we switch from conventional to GMO, uh, the plant itself is uh, now resistant to the pesticide slash herbicide, okay? Mm-hmm. So now the farmer has been given the green light to douse his soil with a lot more uh, Roundup than, and other uh, GMO herbicides and pesticides than he has ever before, okay? So we're talking about... Uh, you know, this is 10 to 20 times the amount of herbicide and pesticide that, that we've uh, dealt with in the past. Not only that, but it's not on the surface of the uh, of the produce anymore. It's also uh, inside the produce. And one of the major chemicals that we've identified is glyphosate. So let me back up for a second. Given all of those things, and we can get into personal care products and endocrine-disrupting chemicals and where they're from and, and, and what those are and the lists and all that stuff. Because it can become somewhat overwhelming. So let's go 40 years back. Fatty liver disease was primarily a disease that only alcoholics got. Uh, 75% of the liver disease uh, patients 40 years ago um, uh, was uh, via alcohol. Now mm-hmm. it's completely switched. 75% of fatty liver sufferers are not Alcohol driven, but non-alcohol driven. It's coming from food. It's this change in the microbiome. Okay, mm. so now let's get into the pathology of the liver. And that, by the way, is one to four to one in three people in America. That's a huge number. That's over hundred million people. And it's highly underdiagnosed because there are no nerves in the liver, so you're not going to get a pain sensation. It's only when you get other uh, symptoms. Type 2 diabetes, fatty liver disease, adrenal fatigue, uh, cardiovascular problems, all of those things that come under the heading of metabolic syndrome. And it's really one thing that's sort of driving this. So back to the pathology. The uh, increase in antibiotics into the system obviously will strip a lot of the bacteria in your microbiome and your gut out. What ends up replacing it? Well, I just told you that you're uh, taking a lot more sugar than we were ever before, not to mention the carbs, which is also playing a part in this. That's going to give an opportunistic organism like candida the leg up. Okay, You've stripped it of, uh, you've taken the players off the field candida right on. <clears okay? throat> mm-hmm. uh, the other thing that we talked about was the glyphosate and the GMO uh, foods, right? So glyphosate, Known to get into the digestive tract Poke holes in the digestive tract uh, Creating leaky gut 70% of blood flow From the small intestine Goes directly to the liver Then it goes into the liver And inhibits the liver's ability To remove toxins In what we call phase 2 conjugation So it gets in the body Increases the toxins That are now spilling into the body And then decreases your body's ability To neutralize uh, and expel those Those are major problems. Uh, The increase in candida is also doing the same thing because they release aldehydes that break down small tissue in the gut. That opens up uh, those same pores. Again, we're getting back to this leaky gut uh, issue, which is a uh, medical term that wasn't recognized 10, 15 years ago. Now it's commonplace, even in conventional medicine. That's allowing these same toxins to stream into the system. What's the first Thing that your body ends up doing uh, As a result of um, You know your, your gut Being less selective Well your immune system is going to recognize All of these as foreign invaders And you're going to get an immune spike Okay so that's the first Line of defense And over time what ends up happening uh, Is you get into a Chronically inflamed state Sometimes people uh, start to Complain about um, you know, Flatulence, uh, IBS um, sensitivity mm-hmm. to foods. Sometimes it's allergens. Uh, sometimes uh, it's somewhat regular back pain. Uh, although again, this is chronic inflammation, so it's sort of always in the background. You know, uh, these individuals may get a slightly, um, you know, like a puffed out uh, uh, in, um, uh, stomach or abdomen area. So, Mm -hmm. obviously, when that's getting pushed out, that's the inflammation. It's pushing out forward, but it's also pushing out backwards. That's what most people don't get. Your spine is there. You don't see it, but it's pushing up against your spine. And unless it's pushing up against the nerve, you're not going to feel it. But when it does, that's your back pain. Um, So now you're in a chronically inflamed state. Once these toxins sort of overwhelm the system and the immune system is uh, sort of beaten back a little bit, that's when the sort of next defense comes into play, and that's when all these toxins start to stream into the liver. The liver quickly sort of gets overwhelmed, and now the liver, in its last-ditch effort, has to create fat cells in which to store the toxins because it can't break it down, it's overwhelmed. As these fat cells build up, they either build up uh, outside the liver uh, and inside the liver or just inside the liver. So we can't really determine somebody who has fatty liver, by looking at them, they could be obese, they might not be. But 80% of these individuals are type two diabetic, and the other 20% are either pre-diabetic or on their way. And the reason for that is, sure, your liver is the regulatory organ for the blood glucose cycle. It sends a signal to the pancreas to secrete insulin, it breaks down insulin. It's the major store of glucose in the form of uh, glycogen, so it's that whole—it's the brain uh, essentially for that uh, diabetic process. So once these fat cells start to accumulate in the liver, they start to block blood flow to the hepatic cells and, the, uh, and other cells in the liver. Those start to uh, start to die. They start to break down, and the those enzymes that are only present within the liver start to go into the blood, and then they get picked up on a test, and your doctor says, "Yeah, hey, you got." Elevated liver enzymes, you've got a problem down in your liver. Okay, so that's where all of these issues are coming from, okay? Mm -hmm. So when somebody ends up taking in, uh, you know, too much sugar, um, you end up changing the microbiome. These toxins are now uh, more easily uh, filtering into your body. Your liver is trying desperately to contain uh, these toxins uh, within, um, you know, fat storage cells. And it... Sometimes we'll get overwhelmed. Your body is now circulating more toxins, more sugar. Uh, as a um, uh, defense mechanism to a lot of the damage that that gen causes, we start to increase the amount of cholesterol in our blood. Okay, So cholesterol is sort of this band-aid. We constantly look at cholesterol as sort of the bad guy. Um, but it is, uh, in effect, a, a, a defense mechanism that we have. We attack the defense mechanism and say, look, if there's high cholesterol, there's going to be some problems, so let's lower the cholesterol. Uh, and those are typically like statin drugs. What that does is that inadvertently lowers the amount of hormones that you can create because every hormone requires cholesterol, so now you've negatively mm-hmm. impacted the endocrine system. Let's go back for a second, and we'll, we'll get into this uh, other piece of the pathology. I talked to you before about once you have leaky gut and you have the inflammation going on, eventually, I mean, chronic inflammation is a dangerous thing. And your body recognizes this. It can't constantly be in this state. So if enough time passes, your body recognizes this. And it has another defense mechanism for the chronic inflammation that is taking place. It starts to secrete cortisol. Cortisol will go in there and decrease the inflammation. Problem is you still have the toxins flowing through. So you haven't stopped the main problem. But you've created another because now you have constant cortisol going on, uh, secreting from your adrenal glands, which will eventually give you adrenal fatigue. And you're only supposed to have cortisol spike in the morning and then drop off in the afternoon or so, so that uh, you have this cortisol, melatonin, serotonin cycle, uh, which allows you to, A, handle stress during the day, and B, get to sleep. So now individuals, on top of all these other issues, can't handle stress as well. They can't sleep at night. That's, that's uh, further aggravating the uh, natural uh, detoxification cycles that happen in the liver because that happens when you're asleep. So you see how all of these things are sort of tied together. And that's one of the main uh, talking points that we have when we go out and we teach people how to eat, why you should be eating this way, what foods you ought to avoid, what this is doing to your body. Uh and that's essentially the, the baseline for a lot of the common diseases nowadays. Um So um,
3: what I'm yep. hearing um sounds
1: pretty
3: um number one to That's pretty
0: Matthew. That's exactly what <laughs> You're going to die, Matthew. That's <laughs> that's
3: what I'm hearing. <laughs> it sounds like I'm going to die before before I get off the phone, I think I'm going to die soon. <laughs> uh, it, it makes sense. It makes too much sense here. You know, it's like uh, it does. I'm hearing it you does. say, "We're it really
0: he actually spelled with, it out."
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Lamont You're not going with me. I'm going before you.
0: What? I don't know, man. I feel like I can't eat anything else no more unless I grow it myself and then if I grow it myself, I have to test my soil before I do it. And uh-huh. if I'm going to drink if I'm going to drink water, I don't know if I can go buy any water from anybody cuz really I don't know what's in that water unless I test it myself. So, um it's kind of scary there, Brendan. <laughs> what what Brendan, do we yeah, do? what know. do we do? So I guess Rina, I do.
3: You really work for the pharmaceutical companies, you know, selling uh, any anxiety medication? Is that what you're doing here? Really pushing <laughs> that? Right, right. you know. We're going to have well, to go out and get someone out before we finish.
1: I know it. Well, I, my apologies. I didn't mean to frighten anyone. However, no, no, that's, you, sort of that's like like
3: not the, true. The, I'm the president, the sure case of, you know, of
1: yeah, <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> that's no, the state we, of the, we, union, we, as we, the president we, would we, say, right? We definitely we scared to death ourselves. before you showed up. Yeah, we definitely pride ourselves, sir, on on guests such as yourself because people really need to hear the truth. And a lot of times uh, we hear people say, well, you can't handle the truth. But I think now in 2016 and moving forward, people need to learn how to handle the truth because you can't correct Mm -hmm. something if you don't know there's a problem. Yeah, I I totally agree.
1: And, I, Mm -hmm. you know, just to dovetail off of what you had just said, you can't be in my industry, and I'm not talking about the pharmaceutical industry because I sort of refer to that as the evil empire, which I jumped out of many years ago. You can't be in my industry uh, and not be somewhat spiritual. You don't need to be religious, but spiritual. And you have to understand that this is sort of the age of Aquarius, the age of knowing. There's a cleansing going on. The veil is coming up. So people need to become aware of these things, they need to cleanse themselves physically and spiritually, and they need to know where the pitfalls are. So now that I've sort of detailed what these things are, now we can go into you know, what kinds of things should we be um, doing to actively keep ourselves healthy, what things should we be avoiding, you know, uh, becoming um, uh, an expert on reading labels, uh, and that's really going to help uh, a lot of folks. Uh, because what you were talking about is absolutely right. You know, making sure that you're – I mean, a lot of people do grow their own uh, food, but that may not necessarily make a lot of sense for a lot of folks in, uh, in the city, even out in the country. Uh-huh. If you've got a, yeah. a number of kids and, a, and a, a full-time job, maybe two, that's not a reasonable uh, alternative. Um, and also, you have to take a look at your water sources. You know, you have to make – Contact your local utility, make sure they're not, they're not dropping fluoride in there, uh, and then make sure that you've got a, a good reverse osmosis filter on your water. At the very least, make sure that's on, on there for drinking, if not showering and all the other stuff. Um, so that's kind of a baseline. Some of the things that I tell people to avoid are the obvious ones, right? So the doctors have been telling us for years, you know, stay away from, uh, decrease your consumption of meat uh, and alcohol. Uh, increase your consumption of uh, vegetables and fruits. Well, those things are your alkaline bases, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, good science behind going after a an alkaline or a high pH diet as opposed to an acidic mm-hmm. diet. A lot of science behind that, and it's all good. There is a uh, diet put out by some uh, very smart research scientists over at Stanford University, uh, and that is called the. It'll come to me. Um, Let's see if I can remember this. I uh, just, I just blanked on it. Um, But one of the when we're talking about sugars, one of the main reasons why uh, you should decrease the amount of consumption of red meats is because, uh, and uh, and other animals is because that there is an actual sugar in there. That is not recognized by the human body and is uh, seen as a toxin or a far, or an invader, and it creates a lot of the problems that we now have uh, uh, related to some of these uh, diseases. So that's the main, re- and that actually came out uh, just a few months ago that they identified this sugar, uh, this, co- this compound. It's this actual compound, but it's a, a sugar-based compound, uh, and that's the reason for the problems with uh, you know essentially not eating a vegan diet. Um, the other thing I want to point out is oils. Um, so back in the seventies, for instance, there was a massive study, uh, over in Europe and they took a look at disease and how it correlates to fats and what they, they, the problem that they uh, had was they did not differentiate fats. And so they had those nice, healthy, medium-chain triglycerides that you'd find in olive oil and coconut oil and avocado and and so forth. And they mixed them up with highly processed uh, polyunsaturated fats. Those are extremely dangerous. And when uh, they ended up concluding the study, they found that this diet was driving diabetes, fatty liver, cardiovascular disease, uh, Hmm. strokes, so forth. Congress got involved, said, here's the science. We've got to do something, force the food industry to remove the fats. That's where we got all that low-fat, low-cal food in the 80s. The problem is that that stuff now tastes like cardboard. And the food industry decided we've got to do something, otherwise no one's going to buy this stuff. And so they started to introduce sugars. We did exactly the opposite of what we should have been doing. We should be cranking down the consumption of sugar we should be cranking up the fats, the healthy fats, right? Uh, that's the biggest problem. So we still have a lot of these low-fat, low-cal foods that are complete garbage. Then we mm-hmm. throw in synthetic sugars. Um, that is one of the, the biggest problems. So these, uh, you know, uh, zero-calorie sodas and all that stuff made with aspartame uh, and amino mm-hmm. sweet. Those things are pure death for uh, certain organs in the body,
0: especially. So what's a
1: healthy fat? So a healthy fat, it's a good question. So a healthy fat would be coconut oil, for sure. Um, red palm oil, uh, that's another one. Avocado is a good one. Uh, olive oil is a good one. I'm going to put a caveat on that. They need to check it against uh, the Olive Association. There's two or three of them uh, main in the in the world. One obviously in California, the other one in Italy, and there's another one in Greece. Uh, and it, the problem with olive oil is that it's the most heavily adulterated product in the grocery store. So even when you take a trip over to, say, Whole right. Foods, right, the Panacea mm-hmm. grocery store, they've yeah. checked against their 365 olive oil, found canola oil in it, okay? So we really do have to do our due diligence and make sure that they're not adulterating these products. And the problem with the processed vegetable oils is that when you take a saffron oil or you take a uh, canola oil or you take any of these oils, they end up processing over 400 degrees for an extended periods of time. They completely change their chemistry. They end up going essentially what we would refer to uh, in um, – and chemistry is rancid. That means that it mm-hmm. goes from a antioxidant state to a pro-oxidant. Gets in your body, mm-hmm. it, it's radical. It destroys uh, cell membranes. Uh, it creates problems with uh, bio-cascades. That creates a lot of disease. Well, you know, my mother used to always want
3: to eat margarine to the point where she didn't like real butter. Um, but it seems like to me that margarine is like I always think
1: of it as plastic. What's your what's your thought of it? Right. Yeah, and margarine is one of those really bad actors in the industry too. That is a completely synthetic alternative to butter. They're finding out now that butter is a very healthy fat to have. So uh, and it tastes great. So I'm all for it. The uh, issue with butter is that you have to make sure that the source of the butter, uh, you know, mm. the the cow. Is not been eating GMO uh, grains. And because Uh-oh. the GMO grains are getting into the cow and it's circulating in the body and it's getting into the milk and it gets concentrated in the fat, and there's your problem. So it's got to come from a clean source. So you get it from a clean source, that's an excellent fat to be taking. I cook with butter. I, cook with, uh, I don't cook with olive oil because if, you, if, uh, in a, if there's any uh, chef uh, from culinary institutes, they know this uh once you cook olive oil uh above uh, about 150 degrees that too becomes rancid and uh becomes a uh, a prooxidative uh, and you, and you don't want to be doing that you, that's a cold um oil application but i do cook with coconut oil so coconut oil and butter is essentially what i cook with so yeah margarine let me
3: let me ask table. a question about allergies um um I, cuz i i hear and I can't say I've read research about it, but I hear um, from – I sound like Donald Trump now. I hear people saying um, that nut allergies are on the rise. Is that accurate, or uh, do you have any thoughts about
1: nut-related allergies? Yeah, so nut allergies are definitely on the rise. They have been, Um, and if we took a look at a a graph uh, over the last uh, 20, 25 years, they are pretty closely correlated with some of the other um, drivers that we were talking about, um, GMO foods, uh, sugars, antibiotics. And again, what this is uh, telling us is that there is a, uh, what we refer to as a dysbiosis or a change in the bacteria um, levels in the digestive tract. Now the bacteria that we've been given uh, from, you know, mom uh, is going to take us only so far if you start to take antibiotics, so for instance, my wife is a grade school teacher and the beginning of the year, typical, she'll get two or three kids with allergies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, then at the end of the year, that'll double. And every time there is a parent who comes in and, and says, you know, this is after uh, this child has had a, an allergic reaction within the classroom. You know, uh, Jimmy always had, uh, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I don't understand this. Why is this happening? And I always ask the same question. Did he just have a cold? Did you just feed him an antibiotic? And nine times out of ten, the answer is yes. So you change Mm -hmm. the microbiome. You're allowing uh, certain um, things to come enter the body that weren't allowed before, Peanut butter just so happens to contain a lot of low molecular weight proteins that more easily pass through the digestive tract once it gets permeated and and pores start to appear. That's one of the reasons why nut allergies are a little bit higher than the others. Same thing with strawberries, same thing with shellfish. They have small molecular weight proteins that can permeate into the body if we give it that chance. And the antibiotics definitely uh, give it that kickstart. The other thing is, you know, your uh, MSGs, your... Um, artificial colors, your artificial flavors, um, the amount of um, sugar that you end up taking in, of course, the high fructose corn syrup. Everybody knows that that is bad. But again, that's feeding candida. And we've said that the candida starts to secrete aldehydes that break down that soft tissue that also allow that leaky gut. And again, once those things pass into the body and get picked up by your immune system, your immune system has never seen this before. It's only seen some of those proteins in its partially digested mm-hmm. form, never in a full form, so it does not recognize it anymore, and it is not useful. So well, that's do the you, reason for these allergies.
3: Do you, do you recommend? Um, I think you do because of something you said a few moments ago. We're talking about acidic and alkaline diets. Do you recommend um, a diet that's more
1: alkaline in general. Yeah, absolutely. So, And you're going to find that the alkaline diets contain vegetables, mostly green leafy vegetables, but vegetables just the same, and fruits. And the stuff that's uh, really acidic are your meats. Your pork is uh, one of the most acidic. Uh, It also contains parasites, um, which that's a whole other issue. Uh, Alcohol, obviously, is uh, more acidic still. Um, One of the things that uh, I regularly do, uh, especially in cold season, is I end up making uh, my own homegrown uh, cough syrup uh, and an immune sort of elixir. And one of the best things that you can put in your body is apple cider vinegar, extremely alkaline. It's the only alkaline Mm -hmm. uh, vinegar, by the way, and it's based not on its pH outside the body, but in its pH inside the body. So you know, I cook down uh, elderberries. I end up putting apple cider vinegar. How much apple, apple cider, cider vinegar vinegar do you take? Uh, as much as you can, as much as you yourself can withstand. It's pretty strong. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it is. I, know. I was just way. thinking
0: that my nose was turning <laughs> up. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Let me tell you, it's not that easy to get my nine-year-old to take this stuff. Um, what do no, you take? It like it really a teaspoon? Is... You take a quart? How do you? How much do you take? yeah so I, I will normally i'll i'll take a teaspoon of the stuff absolutely um absolutely. so you know if and you can get elderberry go out into your local stores to see if you can get elderberry It's not that hard a a a um uh product to get um you can cook it down uh and there's lots of uh recipes out there on the web Add some raw honey gotta be raw because the processed honey takes out a lot of the um the benefits the immune benefits that the bees uh, or, uh, making in the hive. So that, uh, garlic, lemon, apple cider vinegar, you put that sort of, uh, combination together, uh, and you enter flu season, uh, you're not going to have a problem and you do it proactively, you know? So that's the best way to avoid getting a cold. You're boosting your immune system. Uh, and then you just gotta, as I said before, um, go on a uh, an alkaline diet. Um, stay away from the processed oils. Make sure your water is clean. Uh, try to decrease the amount of meats that you're getting. If you're gonna incre- if you're going to consume meats, know where it's coming from. You know, um, I mean, even even those folks that go over to Whole Foods, yeah, they have, they just came out with an article recently where they're getting around the uh, grass fed label. By giving the cows uh, GMO corn Right up until slaughter About two weeks before They put them on an all grass diet And then they put them to slaughter Now they can slap on a grass fed label on it So mm-hmm. you are not getting what you think You're paying for wow. And the consumer should be
3: aware
0: of these things
3: well, so, I want to ask you a question
0: um, about water um, I was going to ask that um, one too What's up with that alkalinity water That they sell The alkaline Yeah.
1: Water yeah and so, sometimes it's referred to as structured water, and uh, other times um, you know they end up adding some uh, minerals in there, and sometimes of course the minerals are uh, be complemented uh, naturally. Uh, and then of course they'll they'll test for the arsenic levels and, and lead, lead levels and all that stuff. i'm I'm a big believer in it. You can end up paying a lot of money for that stuff though. Um, so I always tell people to be careful of that. Um, yes, alkaline water. Is beneficial. Structured water is beneficial. It's better than just you know your regular old uh, pH neutral uh, tap water. Totally agree. What? But what about yeah.
3: water in uh, plastic bottles?
1: Great question. So when we're going out and we're taking a look at uh, plastic bottled water and which one should I choose? This is always a huge conflict, and it's even difficult for me who's been in the industry and watches this on a regular basis. But here's here are my two guidelines for this. Uh, number one, always make sure there's no fluoride in it. Fluoride is a neurotoxin. It's a known neurotoxin. It's typically a byproduct of the agricultural industry. If they couldn't throw it in a water, they would have to, they would have to put it in barrels and stick it underneath mountains. That's the classification uh, of how hazardous this chemical is, and then they go ahead and they dump it in the water. Um, number two, plastic bottles. The more rigid the bottle the less plasticizers are in the bottle, the less the plasticizers will leach into the water. Those plasticizers are typically endocrine-disrupting chemicals. And, of course, it's then up to the liver to remove them once they get into the body, and that doesn't always happen. So great question. So
3: what about this story that if you leave the the bottle's water in hot cars and things like that is going to leach out stuff into the water. What, what's your opinion about that?
1: Yep. So um, the higher the temperature, of course it's got to be pretty high. The higher the temperature, um, the more likely it is that those chemicals end up getting into the water. So if you stick that bottled water uh, in a car uh, and of course in the in the summer in direct sunlight, we're probably talking 130, uh, maybe 120, 130 degrees in a car. You yeah. See. Then, uh, you know, you could run your own experiment. Take that bottle of water, bring it inside, put it in the fridge. Now dump it into a glass and drink it. Does it taste like plastic? If anybody is sensitive to clean water and knows what the difference in taste is, they'll taste a difference. Um, okay. There is going to be a an increase in the amount of uh, leaching that takes place at higher temperatures. It mm. just makes sense. Um, and uh, this is another thing that people ought to be aware of when they're shopping for things like uh, – uh, tomato sauces, tomato paste, uh, anything that's vegetable-based, that's acidic. A uh, lot of cans are lined with BPA. BPA is a known endocrine-disrupting chemical. The more acidic the constituents are, so you rather get the them more in, likely glass, is, in glass containers. You got it. You got it. Otherwise, so, it's going to pull well, you're,
3: you're, it right in. You're not you're not saying across the board don't drink water in plastic containers,
1: are you? No, I'm not. No, there are okay. um, manufacturers of water that uh, produce um, highly tensile structured bottles with very little plasticizers in there and don't throw fluoride in. Who they are ends up changing a lot. Don't trust any, chemi- don't trust any bottle that uh, is manufactured by a subsidiary of Pepsi or Coke because they love dropping fluoride in there and they get real cheap with their bottles.
0: Wow. That's good to know. That's good stuff. What about Yeah, public? you know
1: who does a really good job of uh breaking this whole thing down is um Food Babe. So I'm pretty sure she's done an analysis on, you know, like the major uh, manufacturers and distributors of bottled water and she's sort of who, who identified the ones Food Babe. Food, Food babe? Yeah, Food Babe. She's, I uh, thought she's for, kind for, of she's an industry about
3: insider. Somebody related to Lamont, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> He's somebody he hangs out
0: with See, see, there you go See, there you go I haven't started bashing you yet on the show yet. <laughs>
3: Today
0: I've been, I've been very I, good Brendan, I just hey, want, Brandon, want to thank you I'll, I'll, No, stop, stop No, well, Brendan, I want to jump back on the liver right quick What, <laughs> is there a food or, or a vitamin And then I get back on bashing Matthew in a second <laughs> Real quick, sure. on the liver, is there a food or a vitamin or uh, what would you suggest for somebody who's always would like to clean their liver? Is there something going on with that?
1: Yeah. So uh, milk thistle is sort of the go-to for uh, a lot of physicians and individuals, uh, and that's a great uh, source. Uh, to clean the liver, probably one of the best. Um, the active uh, molecule in there or compound is uh, silibin or, or some, sometimes called silamarin. That's what's doing all of the, uh, you know, kickstarting that uh, detox phase within the liver. That's important. Okay. Uh, people it, ought to be taking a supplement all the time. Uh, milk, milk thistle uh, and the active is silibin or silamarin. So that active it is in about a 10% concentration in in milk thistle, so you want to look for the active ingredient, not just the milk thistle. Um, that's where Liver medic sort of got its um, uh, got its base. So we started to recognize this was a problem, and I created a company for this to remove toxins from people's bodies. Uh, so we can go sold. on your
3: website and get information about that
1: yeah you can and there's okay. a lot of articles on there that talk about health, how to eat, what things to avoid, these chemicals, where they come from, what they are, so that you can become your own expert at reading ingredients uh and then the supplements uh are consistently purchased by naturopaths and recommended and I always get doctors who say that the test results are you know phenomenal uh and the liver enzyme counts come way down. I actually had the assistant dean to uh, the naturopathic college up here in New England uh, pulled the product into her dispensary. She's got an entire dispensary. She decided not to go with that. She went with uh, hepatobin, which is our main selling product, because it worked better than any of the stuff that she had at her her disposal. So it's very effective. Um, but Okay, you know, Brendan,
0: I know at the end of the show we're going to ask for you to give your information to our listeners, but since we're right here right now and we're talking about that, could you give them the information right now as well?
1: Sure, yeah. So um, the website is livermedic.com, uh, and there's a toll-free number, uh, 800-387-2278. Uh, and we have a Facebook page, and we post uh, articles, health-related articles every day, very informative, not just on the liver, Uh, you know, water, uh, GMO technology, um, what is behind, you know, the bees dying, uh, you know, things that you shouldn't be putting in your lawn. You know, we do, we we cover everything. Um, So Uh, it's a real good source of information for folks.
0: Fantastic. Okay, me, Matthew. Um, Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, go, go ahead, Brendan. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. I just wanted to make mention one thing that uh, uh, your listeners are going to be uh, so well educated after this piece because I walk into a lot of uh, physician lectures, and half, half the crowd doesn't know about this. So I want to pay uh, careful attention to this next uh, tip. Uh, it is called the MTHFR gene mutation. Okay, not very well known, but the, uh, the, the key with this is that everybody has uh, this gene in their body. Uh, and if this gene is working properly, and it's actually two components to this gene, if, it's, if this gene is working properly, you can methylate compounds in your body. Okay, so what does that mean? There's over 150 compounds in your body that need methylation in order to operate correctly. That means your vitamin D. That means your iron. That means being able to break down um, steroids, being able to break down hormones, um, being able to remove toxins from your body. So you can imagine if this thing isn't working properly, you can't do those things or do them effectively. That's the key. So we're starting to find out. You know, A year, few years ago, they thought that this only affected 3 to 5% of the population. They're now finding out it's affecting somewhere between 70 to 80% of the population. So people's ability to methylate within their body is nowhere near as effective as we thought, and this is negatively affecting their health outcomes. So there's a test. People can find out uh, if they have this uh, MTHFR gene mutation. Uh, And, of course, after that, they can figure out which foods to avoid which kinds of medications they shouldn't be taking. Um, if uh, an individual, uh, you know, like I, I ended up going to UConn, I was referred to as a lightweight, okay, when it came to drinking. If you are a lightweight, that might be an indication that you have the MTHFR gene mutation, okay? Uh, if you react um, severely to certain medications, that's also an indication um so it's an indication that you lead, what that you methylate well or not so well that you don't methylate well and that you have gene mutation and that it's keeping things in your body that shouldn't be like toxins um, okay. and your ability to break things down yeah and okay. that's a major driver that is um something that even conventional physicians are having some problems with but the Research is just coming out now, and that's going to be a major staple when uh, physicians start going through medical school in the next couple of years. That's going to be part of uh, their study. But but right now, a lot of physicians don't know about it. The only ones that really know about it are progressive uh, functional docs. So what's what's the test? Uh, It's it's actually MTHFR gene test. Um, So you can go right in there and get that. It's about a $200 test. There's also a... um, a take-home test that you can get um, that uh, I heard a, a couple of doctors talking about, 23andMe.com. Uh, I, I don't have any affiliation with them whatsoever. Uh, I think it's about $100, and they go through an, an entire uh, comparison with your genes, okay? And they will pull out markers. And two of the markers that they pull out, interestingly enough, are the MTHFR gene uh, markers. And so uh, in addition to all the other information that they'll give you, your um, genetic uh, predisposition to certain things, it will also tell you whether or not you have this MCHFRG mutation. And it's very helpful. So just uh, a good piece of information for people to to know about out there.
0: Matthew, you got it. uh,
3: Yes, I got it. I have a question about statins that you, you were talking about you were saying earlier about cholesterol and cholesterol is trying to do something helpful in the body i'm assuming that if it gets too high it's not healthy would you agree with that or or what's your opinion about that oh yeah
1: absolutely if it i mean it's you think about cholesterol as firefighters okay so if if the building is burning too hot what'll end up happening they'll end up calling more um, you know fire trucks and a lot more firefighters are going to come to the fire mm-hmm. So, um, if you have a lot of firefighters or a lot of cholesterol in your body, you know something's wrong. there There's a fire burning in your body. You just haven't figured out what the, what the problem is. And the problem that uh, we're resorting to uh, in the medical community is we're going around racing around and um, taking the firefighters out of the out of the mix. And that's exactly what we shouldn't be doing. Um, one of the major side effects of that, is that cholesterol is a requirement for your entire endocrine system to be working yeah. properly. Mm. So you start removing cholesterol, which means you start removing fat. Uh, one of the, the uh, big misconceptions, uh, as we have become, uh, you know, as we've uh, gone down this road, we've got a lot more um, brain abnormalities taking place, a lot more Alzheimer's, a lot more Parkinson's disease, a lot more of these... Um, you know, issues with short-term, long-term memory uh, disorder um, People can't sleep uh, You know, so it's affecting a lot of neurochemical uh, processes within the brain Well, your brain is about 80% fat, okay So, you know, um, if you remove the fat You're going to remove things like the myelin sheath uh, around axons So things won't fire properly anymore uh, That's an addition have a, do to you the have reduction of hormones
3: work? Do you have a, a cholesterol number? You know the the classic one. I know mean, people say that HDL and, and LDL. Is, some of them are healthier, and some are the good cholesterol and the bad cholesterol. You know, I, I went to a cardiologist uh, a couple of years ago, and um, he was a little bit scary to me because you know he he only wanted to push stat. And, yeah. you know, he was, he's telling me that he was on, I think, one or two of them himself. And this is a guy who's like 80 pounds overweight, and I'm thinking, I'm getting the hell out of here because this guy's going to get me killed. Right. You know? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. It was scary. You're not a good, not a good advocate for health. <laughs> right. No. Well, believe it or not, so. the one, yeah, the, the one um, career path that leads to the shortest lifespan is physicians. I kid you not. So, uh, and of course, there's a lot of variables involved there. It's not just because you know they've signed on to this uh, this health doctrine that's you know killing people. That's that's not the driver. But to your question, um, low-density lipoproteins or LDL are much more dangerous than HDL. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that. And I'm not going to get into the biochemistry. What that ratio ought to be, and how high uh, and how low those numbers ought to be, really depends on the individual. My big contention is that you have to remove the stress from your life and you have to get on a good diet. And once an individual commits to a statin drug, there's not a whole lot that uh, us in the um, alternative sciences can do. It's a very difficult thing to get somebody off a statin drug safely. So for those individuals who are currently on a statin drug... (laughs) I do not recommend you jump off it tomorrow. Uh, there's severe ramifications for, you know, getting on and dropping off. That's not what I recommend at all. Uh, I mean, I, I had a very stressful job in my 20s. I wasn't getting – I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't getting uh, any fitness in. I was working probably 80, 90 hours a week, and I had a high cholesterol issue. And I went in, and they handed me a statin. And I, at that point, I thought, okay, I'm, I don't want to get on this path. And I refused it. I cut back on my hours at work. I started walking more. I changed my diet. Everything dropped out, okay? So that's the direction people have to have to go in. That's the first yeah. thing they ought to be doing. Okay.
3: Great question. All right. Okay, Lamont, I just want you to know that Brendan has told me I had a good, good question and two great questions so far. We keeping now, sure? Yes because yeah. He was told he asked the best Question of the century a few weeks Ago and oh. he has decided He's the most brilliant interviewer On the planet And is hard for me to deal with So I'm just trying to collect some points Here and I appreciate your help about
1: it Very much oh no problem Well I just have to figure out which one of you uh, Is the decision maker for pulling On hosts that's the one who is the best Questioner
2: yeah. We have a, yay,
3: yay. I ein I ein but he has the veto power so it's like uh <laughs> you know we got well, in a complex for this
1: Yes. <laughs> should I be should I be running for president yet? I'm sure I'd be yeah, better yeah, than the two
0: choices I have right now. Right? <laughs> you're doing good so uh, far. Hey, look. You, you might be doing better than a couple people I know.
3: Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> Getting good votes here So, so proper diet Proper there.
0: diet is mandatory Is what I'm understanding proper diet.
1: Yeah absolutely um, if For those individuals who are already in a diseased state Or have IBS Or you know have any of those challenges we talked about before Clean your liver
3: could, Clean could you your take, liver could, could you make a couple of quick comments About taking
1: vitamins And
3: one question I do have about vitamins Since I take them every day is would you recommend? I, I've heard, as I said, I've heard before this thing that uh, I take liquid vitamins, and I'm wondering if there is a is a is it better to take liquid than than regular pills, or is there opinion about a that? Multiple, and what do you
0: generally recommend? Vitamins.
1: Yeah, so this goes down to bioavailability and absorption rates. And uh, while it's true liquid vitamins or liquids in general uh, have a higher absorption rate. Uh, it's not necessarily um, – so it, it, it's, it's one of the variables that we ought to be looking at. So powders, um, liquids end up getting absorbed at um, rates slightly higher than uh, 90% typically, unless there's something in there that's inhibiting it. It might be your own biochemistry that's inhibiting it. Um, if we're looking at powders, they get absorbed at somewhere between, uh, say, 85 and that low 90 range. So you're not really losing out much. Once you go to a capsule, a compressed capsule, that's when it sort of drops off a little bit. We're talking about somewhere in the, in the mid-70s, low-70s, to, to maybe the high-70s. Okay. So And oh, that uh, also will depend on how the compression rates and all that stuff. I'm not going to get into that. So those are things that people ought to be looking at. The other thing that's just as important, if not more so, is what are the forms the vitamins are in. Always, always... Choose a formula that has methylated vitamins. So that'll be your methylated B vitamins, your methylfolates. So in other words, taking, say, a folic acid. What, a folic acid has to go through a number of challenging biochemical reactions in order to be useful in the body. Don't bother. Make it, make it easy for your body. Choose a methylated form. Um, And it also uses up a lot of cofactors, which, of course, is not very beneficial for you, so why would you do it? Um, Take a look at uh, other ingredients, Uh, say magnesium stearate, for instance. That's in a lot of um, formulations. We're trying to get rid of it in one of the products uh, that we have. It's in trace amounts. But it's been implicated in lowering T cell counts or natural killer cells, which is a, a pretty critical part of your immune system. So those are the things that you want to look at. Um, if you find a manufacturer that's got uh, methylated uh, forms of vitamins, then you've identified somebody who has um, good formulation knowledge, is not going cheap on raw materials, and you're going to get a pretty good product. So that's my take on vitamins.
0: Okay. Would you, would you recommend a, a daily uh, multiple vitamins?
1: If you are eating properly – A multivitamin is not what I would go after. As you age, men should be taking something for the prostate. Everybody ought to be taking um, a medium-chain triglyceride, either a red palm oil, coconut oil, wait, 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 wait. go back to
3: the prostate. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What do you take for prostate? Uh,
1: So I I make sure that uh, I take um, raw. Pumpkin seed for one, so I make sure that I'm eating the right things. Raw pumpkin seed, tomatoes because they have uh, the lycopene in mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. Saw palmetto uh, is a good, very good supplement. Uh-huh. Uh, make sure you're getting it from a reputable source. And so, if you're doing the saw palmetto, the lycopene, raw pumpkin seeds, you could throw raw pumpkin seeds into a blender in, in your, you know, protein shake in the morning. That's perfectly fine. You've taken care of your prostate; you don't have to worry about it anymore. Okay. Um, So those are some of the keys Of course, if you're eating a good diet You shouldn't have a problem with that anyway Lower your sugar um, And and carbohydrate intake uh, Increase the fiber uh, Increase uh, superfood consumption And people can just go online And Google superfoods You know, those are the chia seeds The flax seeds, um, wheatgrass uh, You know, blueberries You know, all of those uh, Spinach, all that stuff That should be a, a staple in your diet Okay um, but the things that are more difficult to get are, you know, your DHA EPA. That, that's the fish oil. You know, a, a good cod liver oil, uh-huh. for instance. That's a, that's a great source. You know, uh, a CoQ10. You know, that again um, is feeding uh, the mitochondria, and that will help brain health. That will help cardiac health. And it's very difficult to get through diet. So those are the things that people ought to be taking. This, you know, one-a-day uh, idea of taking a vitamin and then you're going to be okay. A, the vitamins are typically not in the right form. They usually have excipients or other ingredients that are not good for you. They're duplicating what you already getting from your diet, and they're not giving you anything that you don't typically get from your diet. So it's kind of a waste of time. Right. And they always, always, always should take something to detoxify the body because you're getting toxins from the environment. Your personal health care products, your toothpaste, your shampoos, your deodorants, your GMOs. Uh, if you're going out to eat, you're getting the GMO, unfortunately, even if you're going out and buying organic foods from the grocery store. So it is a constant maintenance thing. So that's what some, you know, people ought to be aware of that.
0: Brendan, I want to thank you really quickly. We're down like maybe the last 50 seconds of the show. And I would definitely, definitely thank you for taking the time out to come join us and, Yes, I thank you. I want to say thank you as well, and we'll definitely love to have you back anytime, man. Because I came up with a whole bunch of questions we never did get to ask, so please consider coming back.
1: Oh, fantastic! I would love to. You guys are great. I appreciate it.
0: Don't be quiet now, Matt. If you say something. <laughs> well. <laughs> Gives yeah, 50 we didn't even things. get to the endocrine system
1: or sleep and stress and those right. things. So, yeah, we've we got some more, topics yeah, to we'll, cover, huh? we'll talk. About, we got more questions.
3: Absolutely, we certainly do. Exactly. And Brendan, thank you so much for, thank you for coming on so quickly. I, I know that you were really accommodated us. We we had a cancellation, and you really helped out this week, and it turned out to be a really good. You you filled in wonderfully, so uh, we will be talking to you soon.
1: Fantastic. I appreciate it. You guys are great. I love the show. And uh, yeah, I definitely look forward to coming on again. It worked okay, out for me. We'll both talk,
3: of talk to you soon. <laughs> All All right. Right. Okay, then I spoke, that. now. you can do your thing there.
0: See you guys next week on Kind of Play a play. Okay, buddy. Bye.
3: I never planned on losing my job.